the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Good morning, Dan and Amy. President Trump reacting to the DOJ Inspector General report that was released yesterday after he was briefed on the top lines of it. It's a disgrace what's happened uh, with respect to the things that were done to our country. It should never again happen to another president. It is uh, incredible, far worse than I would have ever thought possible. And it's, uh, it's an embarrassment to our country. It's dishonest. It's, uh, it's everything that a lot of people thought it would be, except far worse. Well, they fabricated evidence, and they lied to the courts, and they did all sorts of things to have it go their way. And this was something that uh, we can never allow ha- to happen again. Yeah, 51 violations or 51 uh, yeah, violations of procedure, nine false statements documented by Inspector General Horowitz. Uh, that all is being reported and received by uh, Diogenes himself, Jim Comey, who was also the honest man Diogenes was looking for. At least that's the way he's treated by the D.C. Oh, press yeah, corps. He's the victim in all this. Comey uh, feeling fully exonerated and vindicated just says he felt after the IG report that centered on him that found that he had abrogated his professional responsibilities as FBI director. It was all made up. Two years of sitting silently at the FBI while you're lied about, and finally the truth is out. It was lies. There was no treason. There was no conspiracy. There was no tapping of Trump's wires. There was no putting informants in the campaign. It was all nonsense. And the FBI finally has its day with the American people, and I hope they pay attention to it. Mm. Well, not only that, but Jim Baker wants you know an apology from the president. He said the FBI is deserving of that. The inspector general says there were, quote, numerous instances in which factual representations in those applications, the FISA applications, were inaccurate, incomplete, or unsupported by appropriate documentation. Uh, that statement and the statement you just heard from Jim Comey are mutually exclusive. So which is it? To help us adjudicate this matter and a number of others, we're pleased to be joined again by our friend, Lieutenant Colonel Ali North, combat decorated U.S. Marine, number one best-selling author, former president of the NRA. He's got a new book that we'll get to as well, The Rifleman. I assume that's a biography on Chuck Connors, but we'll ask him. <laughs> Ali North, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. I just wish I was as tall as Chuck Connors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could have been drafted by the Celtics. Wasn't he drafted by there the Celtics? You go. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what what about uh, the IG's report and the and you know put it in the backdrop of the whole impeachment saga? Well, you just and you just summed it up very well, Dan. I, I look, I, I had to go and up in New York and then back in Washington and twice yesterday. Either end of the bookends of the day were Fox News on that very issue. And clearly the IG's report points out numerous issues, at least 17, and probably a lot more if you really – I'd 
spun through the thing very, very quickly. But the bottom line of it is bad things were done by members of the FBI and nobody and by the CIA, particularly Brennan. And, you know, you have these two directors of these massively important intelligence organizations and law enforcement organizations, the FBI and the CIA, both of whom commit enormous egregious offenses against the American people and against individuals to include a person campaigning to be president, people working in his campaign, and presenting information to FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, that's what FISA stands for, the court, and and people are just dragged through the ringer, and no one is held to account. I just, I'm stunned that, that people are saying what they are, and, and that Comey's getting away with saying what he is. I think you said they're mutually exclusive. The reality of what's in the report and what St. Saint, uh, Saint, Saint Jim Comey yeah. uh, is, prog- is, is putting out, promulgating to people that it's just not true. Well, what and about at I mean, some point? I think Durham is probably going to hold some people to account. I hope he is. Well, I mean, CNN saying this morning that President Trump's claim that the FBI was spying on his campaign is false. Well, uh, you know, that's false. I mean, Amy, yeah. what what you've got today is a news entity that is totally irresponsible. I mean, and you see it in all of them. You know, I, I was a, I was a U.S. Marine for 22 years. I was a Fox News correspondent, a war correspondent, and, and documentary filmmaker for almost as long. And <clears throat> excuse me, what we're seeing today is stuff I never thought I'd see in the government of the United States. I, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act is a really, really important piece of legislation, and it deals with a treaty. It's called the Five Eyes E Y E S Five Eyes Treaty. It was very carefully negotiated. It, 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 the treaty actually controls what other people can do with that information. And the five countries that started this whole process at the end of World War II, because we knew we just didn't have enough antennas in the air to be able to do it all ourselves. Uh, that treaty was violated by some of the things that was done by the previous administration. And, and again, no one is being held to account for Americans being spied on by our own government. That's just plain wrong. Well, and uh, to your point about uh, uh, U.S. Attorney Durham, as well as Attorney General Barr, they are politely disputing some of the conclusions that the inspector general made, beginning with that there was a legitimate basis for the investigation, (laughs) for launching the investigation in the first place. So that suggests that the Durham report uh, it may look a little bit different than the IG report. And the other thing, and, you know, what's also lost in the media since you were uh, opining on that topic, is sort of detail and nuance. Uh, Horowitz, in his own report, says, look, my job wasn't to make uh, adjudications on the discretionary choices of FBI. It's to say whether they could have done what they did, whether it was technically uh, within their scope to do what they did. Uh, what Durham said in response is, well, I looked. I get to look outside of the Justice Department, the inner works in the Justice Department. And when you look at some of the contextual factors outside of the Justice Department, I draw a different conclusion than Horowitz did. Yeah, and, and, he's, and he's correct to say so. And he does have the power and the authority to go out and hold people accountable. And I, and I truly do hope that they do. I, I, I understand how people feel about the president. I mean, I, I'm going to vote for him again. The outcome of all of this was, I think, disappointing to some who thought that the Horowitz report was going to exonerate everybody in the in the the current administration and point the gun at the 
previous administration, and it fails to do either. I mean, there is going to be an impeachment. There is going to be a trial in the Senate, and the president's not going to be thrown out of office. And I, I don't have the gift of prophecy, but I predict that he's going to get reelected and that the Republicans are going to take the House. Now, is that retribution sufficient for what crimes were committed against all of us? I don't think so. Mm. I think when you start holding people accountable, you start at the top and you work your way down. And Horowitz is starting at the bottom and working his way up. Well, and, and somewhere in between the two of them, Durham and, and Horowitz are going to meet. Well, and yeah, right. And st- uh, speaking of the top, also, according to the Horowitz report, this not being reported, uh, it confirms that Comey briefed President Obama uh, about the FBI making or attempting to make a determination whether anybody had worked with Russians in the Russians' efforts to interfere in the 2016 election. Comey said he thought it was important that the president know the nature of the FBI's efforts without providing any specifics. So there again, we still have, by the way, crimes that every, uh, a particular crime that everybody concedes was committed, which was the unmasking of General Flynn, and nobody seems particularly interested in identifying the party responsible. (laughs) Well, again, I point out the way the system is supposed to work and without giving away stuff that may still be classified, let me put it this way. I was so concerned about what I was doing overseas that I asked for every one of my phones. And we didn't have, you know, 15 cell phones in a family like we do nowadays. Right. But we had, we had wired phones. I asked and got permission to have the National Security Agency and the FBI monitor every one of my phone calls coming and going. Didn't even tell my wife and kids about it. I did that because I didn't want anybody to ever think that I was out of bounds or working with the bad guys. Mm. All right. And and it took a whole lot of work to make that happen. And thank God I did, because I was ended up getting exonerated because there were something like 400,000 pages of transcripts of phone calls being made on Ali North's phone call phones, both his home phone, his office phone, his his the, the uh, encrypted telephone that was in my car. Mm-hmm. And the encrypted telephone that was in our bedroom. And, I, and so it, it's not something that easily happens. You can't just flick a switch in a, in a class three switch and make it all happen. You have to have lots of permissions to do it. And, and what they did knowingly was to infiltrate a presidential campaign. And they kept it going after he was elected and probably right up until the point where Comey was bounced out on his ear. Now, if someone asked me, would I want to go into a firefight with, with Jim Comey and Brennan? I wouldn't trust those guys to tell me that the sun was going to come up in the east today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of your uh, time and service to the country, I wanted to get your take on another topic. Uh, what, if any, policy changes should the U.S. military be considering when it comes to safety on mil- U.S. military installations oh, after the Pensacola Naval Air Station shooting? I'll let you commit a little. You can commit news right here. I have a very reliable source. A, a, that's a single source. It's not been backed up by two different sources, but a very reliable source that t- told me last night that the perpetrator of the attack at the Naval Air Station Pensacola had, for, since 2012, when he was a teenager, been up on anti-American, radical jihadist websites routinely, in his social media, his Twitter account, which was taken down by Twitter almost instantly, had all kinds of that stuff in it. Now, if there were any vetting done at all by our, quote, ally, by ourselves, 
this kid could not have gotten into the United States, not just as a Saudi uh, pilot in training. He could have gotten in as a tourist. Yeah. The, the vetting that was done was non-existent, and that has got to change immediately. And my hope is that people are paying attention over at the Pentagon because you know it's wonderful that we've got allies that want to come and get trained here in America. There's, there's thousands of them here all the time. It's a terrific thing, and it does expose people to, to the kinds of country that we are, and they hopefully take some of that back home with them when they're done with it. No, thank Not you just the skill set that you get at a flight school, but all the other kinds of schooling that we, we run through the Pentagon that the American people pay for and sometimes get a little bit, re, bit of reimbursement. What happened in Pensacola would never have happened had there been adequate vetting. And, and all it would have taken is you just notify everybody. You're, you're coming here to be trained. I don't care if you're from, from Norway or Oman. If you're coming to the United States, we're going to monitor your phones. We're going to listen to what you say to people. We're going to check your social media, or you're not coming. It's very simple. Hmm. And very few of these radical Islamist terrorists who've done this kind of thing repeatedly, I mean, think about it. They, they, they predict what they're going to do. They tell other people they're going to do it. And they go up and proudly, you know, I'm going to go out and martyr myself. That's the way this guy is being portrayed in parts of that world right, right now, even yeah, in yeah. Saudi Arabia. Even the fact, too, that he had a viewing party where they watched mass shootings yeah. the night before. And no one said anything. No right, one came forward. Precisely. Absolutely yeah. right, Amy. That, I mean, you think about it. Well, gee, yeah, we went to the dinner party with, you know, had some wonderful awful. And, and nobody, nobody said it. Boo? What's that old, the old expression we tell, we tell our kids? You see something, say something. Nobody said a darn thing. I mean, I just, I'm, I, it's, not, it's not our fault that this guy became a radical Islamist. He was obviously that way before he got here. He obviously continued to stay that way. It's our fault that we didn't pay more attention. That's, what I'm, that's, that's my complaint. Mm. I mean, I, I, I think that what has to change at the senior levels of the U.S. military, and, and I'm talking about Secretary Espy, has got to change the process. It says, we're telling you if you're coming here to study or to go to school or to benefit from our you know, training, then you are going to be monitored closely. And we may, not, we may have to look a little more closely at those guys than the Norwegians that come. Before we let that sounds like that sounds like profiling. I know. God help me. Well, yeah. You know, okay. Sometimes you need to profile, uh, or, or as you said, just institute a protocol that uh, yeah. has full coverage and everybody yeah. gets treated equally, um, yeah. equal vetting. Uh, well, before we let you go, of course, wanted to uh, give you an opportunity to profile your new book and bestseller, uh, The Rifleman, uh, and uh, this uh, harkens back to Revolutionary War heroes that perhaps people don't know a lot about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's, here's, this, this all came from an interview that I did. Our nation's capital is in the midst of seemingly intractable, destructive disarray. Opponents of our commander-in-chief have launched intrigues in Congress to remove him from his post. Spies, traitors, and terrorists abound, threatening the lives of those serving in our military. And in the midst of an undeclared war, the issue of whether women should be allowed in the combat zone has become a contentious issue. Sounds a lot like today. That's 1775. Wow. Okay. I mean, this. Nothing new in this world, just the history we don't know. Yeah. Groundhog Day, deja vu all over again. Yeah. So, and this is a book about real American heroes. I spent my life with American heroes. My dad was the first hero I ever knew. These are American heroes. And if Daniel Morgan were still alive today, I could throw a stone in the Shenandoah River and get him wet because that's where this is where he came from. And this is where he he walked 600 miles to Boston in 21 days. And I tell the Boy Scouts that when I take them up to Washington's Overlook on the Appalachian Trail, looks right down into the valley. Think about it. 
and the the kids are the little older ones. You know, the guys are working on their eagle badges. He said, "Hey, the I ninety five wasn't here then, was it? No, no. Twenty one days, thirty one miles a day average, hiked all the way to Boston. Wow. And then and then led the the first offensive to the Congress direct. Here, you, this is a perfect example of Congress meddling in what they ought to stay away from. Inside Congress, they're trying to get rid of the commander in chief they just appointed. There's, there's people plotting against George Washington, and and Congress says, hmm, the British are basically in, in siege in Boston. We can't launch an offensive against them. They can't launch an offensive. It's a gridlock. So let's launch an offensive. Let's go invade Canada. And it's the middle of winter. What's the temperature? I just heard the, the news and weather on your end of the world. Yeah, Twenty-five degrees tonight. Yeah, six. Two hundred forty-four years ago. Yeah. Two hundred forty-four days today. Daniel Morgan's riflemen were perched on the St. Lawrence River trying to figure out how to break into Quebec. Hmm. And they launched the attack on the last day of the year, December 31st. I don't, I don't want to give away the end of the story, but I, I think the word disaster is appropriate. Well, look, I'm ready to uh, go invade Canada again and try, to, try it another time. Uh, remove remove blackface. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, is, he is Lieutenant Colonel Ali North, combat decorated U.S. Marine, number one best-selling author, former president of the NRA, so many uh, accomplishments, and his new book, uh, which I'm sure will go to number one as well, The Rifleman, Ali North's The Rifleman. You want to pick that up. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, thanks so much for joining us again. Good luck with the book. God bless you, Dan. Amy Semper Fi. Go to Amazon.com. You can get it in time for Christmas, by the All way. All right. There you go. All right. Thank Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.